thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet number five. Those hours that with gentle work did frame the lovely gaze where every eye doth dwell, will play the tyrants to the very same, and that unfair which fairly doth excel. For never resting time leads summer on to hideous winter, and confounds him there. Sap checked with frost, and lusty leaves got quiet gone, beauty oversnowed, and bareness everywhere. Then, when not summer's distillation left, a liquid prisoner pelt in wars of glass. Beauty's effect with beauty were bereft, nor it, nor no remembrance what it was. But flowers distilled through though. <laughs> Through they with winter meet, least but their snow show, their substance still lives sweet. Almost got to the end of that one. That was going quite well. It was. It was a very good effort. I would have stumbled. <sighs> well, I'm probably going to stumble quite a few times over that one. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, hello, listeners. That was um, Sonnet Number Five by William Shakespeare. I'm Mark Chatterley, and I'm joined by the lovely Thierry Halus. Ah, see, oh, we're getting better at the patter. Uh, and, and we're slowly going through all of the Shakespeare sonnets. So we're up to number five, and that was number five. I apologise for my stumbling. Almost got the way through, and it didn't quite work. Um, I'm going to let Thierry start with this one, um, because I stumbled, so so I'll let him start. <laughs> That's very nice of you, Mark. Uh, Thank you. Well, sonnet number five, I think the most important thing that we should note right up front is uh, it goes, it's a pair, basically, with sonnet six. So uh, if you are listening to this episode of the podcast, please also listen to the next one, which you should do anyway, but in this yes. one it's especially important. So so you can actually put these two poems together and read it as, as one big long poem, but that's not what we're going to do. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to do it as as has been intended, as much as Shakespeare intended any of this, and have two separate um, episodes. So so what, what, what jumps out at you in this one? Well, I think we're very much continuing the theme of... Uh... You are going to lose your beauty if you... Uh, well, you are going to lose it, but you should have children. So your beauty can continue in some way. Yes, and, and this one, uh, it's again taken, yes, another different tact. And it, it seems to be going very much into nature. But rather than in the past, I think it was Sonnet 2, we saw there was the analogy with nature and, and how hideous you're going to look. The 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 furrowed brow and things like that. This is, it's using what would be traditionally beautiful imagery of flowers and, and summer and spring and things like that. Is that, does well, that he, ring he, true? He does say that nature also creates the beauty in the first place. I said, the very first line he says, with gentle work did frame the lovely gaze where every eye doth dwell. So nature isn't necessarily evil. I mean, obviously... At the end, you, you, you're going to wither and die. But nature is also the thing that created your beauty in the first place. And and so in a sense, it would be uh, insulting to nature to, to not continue that beauty onwards. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Um... It, it makes a reference. Uh, then were not summer's distillation left, a liquid prisoner pent in wars of glass... I, I'm guessing that's talking about uh, like perfume and and fragrance uh, in sense in that way. Yes, I I would say that he makes an allusion to uh, the, the flowers will die eventually, and the only thing that would be left would be the artificial perfume. 
So you. So whatever that you knife. do, nature is is going to end. And and flowers which which don't get turned into perfume have essentially lived a short life where they may have brought pleasure, but after they're gone, Just that pleasure is gone. Pointless life, basically. Yeah. So so you have to distill yourself down. And, and, and distillation is also a, a form of purification. So it, it does lead my mind, at least, to wondering whether part of this trying to get the young lover to procreate is, is about trying to make the beauty even more. With, with distillation, things get stronger. And so maybe with this, the beauty will, will gain through the ages. That is an interesting point, actually. I didn't realise that one. Yes, but I, I, I do agree with that. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. I, I mean, we still haven't really had any talk about the child or, or in fact, the mother. And we, we touched on that before. So it still very much is rested in the, in, in the vanity part of this. I mean, we want you or I want you to have sex because you look lovely um, or are lovely. We, we are, without going too much ahead, we are going to... Uh... Not have a description, or we will have a reference to the mother in uh, in Sonnets. I think it's Sonnet Six. It should be Sonnet Six. Okay, so he's coming. It's, 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 it's it, the, the mother was. It's fairly unimportant in this whole um, <laughs> situation, but uh, he, he is going to make a reference to the female part in this uh, procreation. About time. I, I mean, it's been going on for a while. It yeah, seems. but if you have a man that's so beautiful. Yeah. Why look at women? Exactly. I mean, that hits home probably with some people more than others. But yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can see the appeal of that. And, and I'm just sort of. There's a lot more imagery in this one. There's not so much you can. Whereas in some of the others, we've been picking it apart in terms of the. There was the very sort of business monetary transactions on it where you could pick it apart and, and figure out this one is, is more straightforward at least it seems to me unless it's, I'm it's, missing it's more poetic in that sort of sense he, he, he uses the uh, the seasons to describe human beauty and human decay and I mean he, he goes from the gentle work did frame to uh, oh, I've lost the line hideous winter so he just yeah. he, he moves from that spring everything is new flowers are growing and blooming and then in winter obviously Snow covers everything and, well, kills everything. Which I suppose, yeah, are the traditional poetic versions of the seasons. I mean, I'm I'm quite a fan of winter. I like winter. I think winter's beautiful. But there there doesn't seem to be a a sense of trying to subvert those sort of poetic cliches. Or maybe they weren't cliches back when he he wrote this. It's very... Matter of fact, spring well, is this. This was very much how they understood the world. I mean, they they lived from farming. Today, you can you can go to a supermarket and you can buy strawberries, whether it's December or whether it's August. But at the time, they just winter meant that all the fields were covered, so they couldn't work. So their industries died basically, and life was put on hold. Life, life was put on hold, and they they had to live from what they made in the summer and. Yeah, so in that sense, yeah, hideous winter makes sense. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I wouldn't really say that it's cliche because that was just the way it was. The way it was, yeah, the way their world worked. And 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 the the next the couple of lines after the, there were not summers uh, distillation left, 
so it, it's if we if we go with the analogy of the perfume being a continuation of the beauty a purification of the beauty the the summer's distillation is something that gets you through the dark times it gets you through winter and, and so it, it, again it leads back to those earlier sonnets where it was, there was the line um uh, uh, paraphrasing because i can't remember exactly the child will keep you warm when you're cold when your blood is cold you will still feel warm because of your child yes yes so it's something that sustains. I, I, well, I can, oh, sorry, gone. And, and as you said earlier, the distillation is very much the reference to, uh, well, the real life perfume because he also goes on to say a liquid prisoner panting walls of glass, which, I mean, perfume is kept in, uh, fi- well, vials or whatever the bottle p- bottles of perfume. And and I imagine uh, in in Shakespearean times, perfume would have been very very expensive. I can imagine. I I don't know. There, there might be. A... We should have found that out before we started this. <laughs> this is the non-researched podcast about Shakespeare's sonnets. Uh, but I think that. I mean, part of the reason I want to do this is is to have a a, a modern look at them. I I don't want to be bogged down too much with research. I mean, you could argue there's 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 research and then there's ignorance, and, and where we're playing is maybe a bit. I'm more on the ignorant side, and and I admit that, but. Ah, that's what's fun about this. <laughs> People listening to the podcast are going, no, no, perfume was everywhere. Everyone had it. Even the men wore perfume. Um, well, so I'm pretty sure um, Louis the Fourteenth was quite big on perfume because they didn't have soap. So you, you, you washed with water and then you had to use something to cover the smell. <laughs> Which is where um, brides carry in bouquets of flowers comes from is it yeah you that well that's what i've heard is that most uh marriages happened in may and june because that was when you could uh wash in clean water or fresher water and then um you'd carry the bouquet of flowers down the aisle because you didn't want to foul have spelling bride smell a foul smelling bride wow that, 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 that actually makes sense I, I think that's right. I'm very not very disgusting sort of way. Yeah, and and it kind of makes sense in the when the bride throws the the bouquet to one of the bridesmaids. It's like passing on the here the disguise smell. your yeah. smell. <laughs> you can find a husband now because you won't smell rancid for a week. Oh I, dear. I don't know if it's true. But yes, so perfume is obviously uh, quite important and it, it in this, it's it's like the essence of his beauty being captured and and then passed on, and and that's where it kind of links to the "you must have a child" part of things. I I think that kind of covers this sonnet. Unless you have anything you want to add, I I think that's pretty much it. We we should continue with uh, sonnet six and. Uh, but well, I'm not going to let you get out of reading sorry. sonnet number five. Ah. Damn. It was worth a try. <laughs> it, it was. Right, I'll, 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 I'll be quiet now. I'll shut up. Sonnet number five. Those hours that with gentle work did frame the lovely gaze where every eye doth dwell will play the tyrants to the very same and that unfair which fairly doth excel. For never resting time leads summer on to hideous winter and confounds him there. Sap checked with frost and lusty leaves quite gone, beauty was snowed and bareness everywhere. Then were not summer's distillation left, a liquid prisoner pent in walls of glass. Beauty's effect with beauty were bereft, nor it, nor no remembrance what it was. But flowers distilled, though they with winter meet, 
Please spot their show. Their substance still lives sweet. Very nice. That was um, sonnet number five from Shakespeare's sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley. I have been Thierry Halas. And we will see you again next week. Or no, well, not even next week, in the, in the next couple of days for sonnet number six. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.